Welcome back to the Heal Your Burnout Podcast. This is episode number 13, Are You Setting Yourself Up for Burnout? In this episode, I will be sharing with you all the different ways you could be unknowingly setting yourself up for failure. I'll also be giving you three questions to consider to move forward, and we're getting right to it in three, two, one. Welcome to the Heal Your Burnout Podcast, where us hustlers come together to have solution-focused conversations weekly. My name is Amber Connolly, a former burnt-out clinician and academic turned transformative coach. If you are a productive patty, miss I can do it all, or if you are ready to ditch the exhaustion, you have come to the right place. Each week I'll be providing you with wellness tips and trainings, inspiring you to look within replace habits that are keeping you stuck, and offering insights to help you maintain your brilliance. If you are craving clarity, self-care, support, and mindset hacks, look no further. This is where your energy can be reignited and your hope can be restored. excited to share with you a list of different mindset choices and different behaviors that you could be choosing that will set yourself up for failure. These are the things that are keeping you stuck. These are the things that are keeping you attached to stress, overwhelm, burnout, and these things are going to drain you. And a lot of these things are things that we subconsciously do. As we talked about in other episodes, there are different personality factors and predisposed traits that could set you up for burnout, stress, and overwhelm. You're just simply wired for it. And I think a lot of these different things on the list that we're about to discuss, I think that a lot of these things fall into that predisposed category. I think a lot of the mindset choices are are ideas that we were sold either in the workplace, either culturally we absorbed these ideas or they were given to us during our schooling or our professional development. And I think that these ideas, a lot of them are attached to what it means to be successful and what it means to be thriving or what it means to be happy. And we're going to talk all about the different choices and the different behaviors that keep you stuck. And then we'll get into three different questions you could ask yourself to move forward. Now, here is the list. Number one, I have you must never settle. And... By never settle, I mean you give 100% to everything and everyone. If there's a project at work, you're the lead. If there's a bake sale at your church, you're contributing and volunteering at it. If your kid has a, a field trip, you're the parent chaperone. Trust me, if you're a person who never settles and who needs to give 100 to 110% to everything, you know exactly what I'm speaking to. You love to do it all. You love to be busy and you love to give your best always. And that is, in fact, a very beautiful trait to have. Where it really goes downhill is when you start neglecting yourself to do these things. And I think short term, you can give 100% to everything and everyone. Very short term. Eventually, you will be drained emotionally, physically. Your soul will be empty because you are not recharging yourself. You are not doing things that fill you up and that are really in your zone of excellence. And at the end of the day, we are not created to do everything. You should not be excellent at everything. 
I truly believe when we were put on this earth, we have a set of skills that are our zone of excellence. These are the things that we not only are are great at, but they're things that we enjoy and they're things that come easily to us. And things outside of our zone of excellence are things that we are average at or things that we're not good at. And there's even things in between average and excellent, things that we're great at. And I really think it's that that great in between where we get tied up in doing things that we know that we're great at, but things that we maybe don't necessarily enjoy and things that really are monotonous to us and things that we feel like we should do for others because we're good at it, but they're not things that we are excellent at or things that we enjoy. And the fact is, you need to settle. There needs to be times in your life where you say, no, I'm not gonna do that bake sale. No, you know what, my plate is really full and I'm gonna focus on the things that I'm excellent at and the things that I enjoy and I'm not going to settle for doing things that don't, don't fuel me or that leave me feeling drained and leave me feeling exhausted. So the moral of the story for this first mindset choice is it's not truly settling. I think when we, when we try to give 100% to everything, we're settling for shortchanging ourselves. We're settling for putting ourselves last on our priority list. So when we flip that, when we flip, you're not settling. You're giving yourself what you need to thrive. It's really not settling. Being okay with not giving 100% to everything and in fact, taking your 100% and in some instances, bringing it down to 0% or bringing it down to 20% or 75%. There's times where you're not giving everything to everyone. Rather, you're protecting your time and your energy and your effort and you're not settling for shortchanging yourself. So that's, that's number one. And I most definitely could relate to being in that position, feeling pulled in all different directions and feeling like, I wanted to give 100% to everything and everyone and failing to show up for myself and failing to show up when it really mattered for me. And I know for me, these things could so easily still come up, especially when we're stressed out. So recognizing when you're going there and when you're going to a place that's holding you back is definitely key. Number two, you give yourself no time to play, rest, or move. And I find that um, in different seasons in my life and in, in my colleagues, I would hear things like, oh, I'll make time for movement when, I'll make time to exercise when, I'll make time to sleep when. And I think it's really important to, to be mindful of that if, when thinking, if I had more time, well, then I would move. Or, when this project is over, I'll finally be able to sleep. I think the longer we delay rest, like sleep, rest, like non-productive time, rest, like time in nature, there's nine different types of rest, in fact, and I'll do a whole other episode on rest, but rest is important. It goes beyond just sleep, but sleep is a component of rest. The longer we delay rest or movement, Guidelines recommend an adult should be moving at least 30 minutes, seven days per week. Movement. Movement is so magical because it changes your chemicals in your brain. It changes your neurotransmitters and it gets you moving. It actually 
tells your body that your body's safe and it completes this the stress cycle response. Movement is so magical. And if you're not making time for it, you're truly missing out. And finally, play. Play, you might be thinking, what the heck is play? Think about when you were a child. What did you do when you were a child that made you feel good? And not just good, but what made you laugh? Like truly belly laugh, roll on the floor, and actually experience bliss. What was that for you? And how can you get back to that feeling as an adult? And I think there's so many different ways to incorporate play. And again, rest, movement, and play are so important. I'll be having different episodes on all three of those topics. But by not prioritizing those three things into your week, you are setting yourself up for stress, overwhelm, and burnout. Next, we have you function on little sleep. And that does tie into rest. But it's also its own separate category because when we don't sleep, not only is it difficult in terms of just maintaining life, like your body functioning, your your movement, getting out of bed, those basic things, but also cognitively remembering things, those cognitive functions of self-awareness. If you're not firing on all cylinders, it's going to be really hard to be self-aware, to have a good memory, and to not be on autopilot. Sleep is very important. And it's recommended adults seven seven to nine hours per night. And I know some of you are listening to this thinking that's just not simply possible. So I would challenge that in, in asking yourself, well, what is possible? How can you go from four hours to four and a half hours? How can you go from five hours to six hours? And really taking it step by step, thinking about your nighttime routine, thinking about what do you need to make bedtime and and sleep a priority. And I think the biggest lie we sell ourselves is, I just don't need sleep. You know what? I'm just going to tell you, sis, you are not the exception to the rule. You do not defy science. There's so much science out there that lets us know that sleep is important. Sister, you do not defy science. You are not a robot. I promise you, you need sleep and it will change your life. Next, we have you blame situations, people, or things outside of yourself for your displeasure. What I mean by this is you play victim. It's everyone else's fault. It's it's not my fault. It's everyone else's. It's the situation that I'm in. It's my family. It's my job. It's X, Y, Z. Or... I can't do A because of B. And it's that if-then thinking again. And it could also be a a really obvious victim blaming, such as I know that my job isn't working for me or I know I'm not taking good care of myself, but it's not my fault. It's everyone else's fault. And I am not taking any responsibility. It could be as obvious as that. Or it could be as subtle as um, I, I can't eat healthy because I grew up in a family where health wasn't a priority and I don't know how to eat healthy, if that makes sense. Or I don't know how to nourish my body in a way that makes me feel good because I never was taught that. Or it's easy for everyone else because they have XYZ and I don't. And I think that the sooner we could recognize different times where we're not claiming ownership of our life, the better. 
Because at the end of the day, you are responsible for 100% of your life. And that doesn't mean that situations and factors predispose you to be held back because absolutely. The question is, what are you going to do with the cards you were dealt? What are you going to do? How can you accept responsibility for where you are at emotionally, mentally, spiritually, from a health perspective, financially, how can you accept responsibility in all of those areas and not blame anyone? Your health, your wealth, your success, your happiness, those are on you to decide. You can choose today that you want to claim ownership of them and that you want to make a difference. Ditch the excuses. The excuses and the blame will hold you back. Next, we have you are always dieting, cheating, or cycling through mealtime. So um, mealtime is super stressful. So you're always either dieting, cheating, or on a diet so that when you actually sit down to eat, you're super stressed out. And I've witnessed this so many different times, not just in the workplace, but also with my family and friends. Mealtime should not be stressful, period. Period, period, period. And I think where a lot of women get caught up, and I could so authentically speak to this because I... This is where my mind goes. When you're stressed out, it's easy to crave for something to hold on to. And sometimes our weight or what we're eating is the quickest thing we could grab onto for control. And when I started to wrap my head around the idea that fat is not a feeling, feeling fat, feeling badly about your body, those are symptoms of needing control in other areas of your life. And I would say in most situations, when you do the other things, when you allow yourself to settle and when you start prioritizing your own well-being, your movement, your sleep, your rest, your play, when you start nourishing your body with food that makes you feel good, when you stop trying the keto diet for the 38th time, when you stop making meals so stressful, That's usually when your body changes and and the weight falls off because you're not stressing out. As most of us listening, I'm sure, know, when you stress, your body releases cortisol. Cortisol is the stress hormone. It's not good for weight loss. And the more you're dieting and cheating on the diet and beating yourself up for cheating on the diet, and the more you're thinking about your next meal and being stressed out about what you're going to eat next or how little you have to eat next, the more you do that, the worse you're going to feel. And I feel like more people need to talk about anti-diet culture and reducing the stress of being on a diet because diets, cheating on the diet, and beating yourself up, that cycle is going to exhaust you. Meals should not be stressful Meals should be a wonderful time where you get to feel your body and you get to nourish yourself. And if it's anything other than relaxing, then it's time for a change. Next, we have you people, please. You give 100% to everything and everyone. You never say no. You struggle with boundaries. You fail to protect your time and energy. And the, the bleak fact is you can't be everything to everyone. And this might be really shocking to some of you listening. You can't please everyone. People are going to not like you. If you're doing life right, and if you are being your authentic self, people will not like you. And that is okay because you are standing in your truth and you are being who you were created to be. 
Next, you accept responsibilities for things not working. And I have been here about a million times over. A group project flops. A relationship conflict happens. And like word vomit, you accept the blame. Or when you're outside of the situation, your mind ruminates and beats yourself up saying, if this is all your fault. These are all the things you did wrong. You're such an idiot. Why did you do that? You play the why game with yourself and you beat yourself up. So here's the thing. Not everything is your fault. And things are in life are not personal. When we personalize, when we victimize, when we claim responsibility for things that we did not do, we truly set ourselves up to fail. And by all means, when you are in the wrong, make it right. Stand in good integrity. Apologize. Do what you need to do. However, you are not responsible all the time. Be honest with yourself. With yourself. What did I do? What did I do? How did I get here? What do I need to make right? And apologize when you need to. Take, take feedback that is appropriate and that is constructive and apply it moving forward. But at the end of the day, you can't be responsible for everything and everyone at all times and you can't beat yourself up all the time. It is exhausting. Next, we have you desire to control everything and we touched on that a little bit when we talked about weight, but it's just not possible. As I say time and time again, the only thing you have control over is your own thoughts, feelings, and actions. When we find ourselves trying to manipulate how other people think, what they think of us, their opinion of us, we really want people to like us. When we start trying to control someone else's behavior or someone else's thoughts or feelings, that's where we get into trouble and that's where we leave, we leave ourselves depleted. Next, we have you vent constantly. You're in a, a cycle of complaining, complaining to others. You're always just letting it out. And here's the thing, venting is healthy. It's good to release things. It's good to let go. Let go and process what you're feeling and what you're thinking. But here's the thing, it shouldn't be nonstop. You should only vent with a safe person and the venting shouldn't happen 24-7. And I know firsthand in different seasons in my life, when I have been in a really negative place, it seems like venting is, is all that I want to do. But it reaches a point where the venting has happened long enough and the question becomes, what are you going to do to move forward? You vented, you processed, you journaled, you allowed yourself to feel the feelings. Now what are you going to do about it? Next, you... You make excuses or come in late or leave early or avoid social situations. So what I mean by this one is the behavior of canceling plans, being flaky, not wanting to commit to anything, coming to social interactions or work late, leaving early. You do these things because you're stressed out. So really evaluate, when can I say no? What are these things that I'm feeling obligated to go to that I, I feel like I need to go so I show up late and leave early? When can I lay clear boundaries and how can I make being at work on time a priority and what is causing me to show up late or want to leave early? And I think in most instances, because I've definitely been there, it's usually poor energy management and it's usually dreading it so badly that you wait until the last minute to go. So I think that we will touch upon different ways to overcome this in our last three questions. But know that this is a way that, that you're holding yourself back 
by overcommitting yourself, by showing up late, leaving early, or overextending your schedule. The last two go hand in hand. We talked about how venting constantly will hold you back. So will complaining. So will criticizing and so will comparing. So venting is a form of complaining and comparing yourself to others will always leave you feeling lesser than and will set you up to fail. And finally, we have criticizing. So talking badly about another person or really tearing another person down isn't going to feel good when you're done. No one feels great after tearing someone down or gossiping about someone. Now, now that we know this whole list, and just to reiterate it one more time, really quickly, we have you never settle, you never make time to rest, play, or move, you function on little sleep, you blame others, you are always dieting, cheating, or cycling through a diet, so your mealtime is super stressful, you people please, you accept responsibility for things not working out, you desire to control everything, you vent constantly, you come in late, you leave early, you overextend yourself, you complain, criticize, or compare. Now that we know all of those things, which I know I've done all of those things at one point or another, how do we move forward? And as I mentioned in the beginning, the goal isn't to never do these things. The goal is to recognize when you're doing it so you could choose a different behavior. Three questions. One, how does this thought or behavior affect me? I.e., how does it hold you back? And I think most of these things are so ingrained in our day-to-day, they could be even challenging to recognize. So just by simply answering that question and beginning to notice, how is this holding you back? Could be really impactful. Two, how am I really feeling? How often do you actually pause and reflect, where am I at today? How exhausted am I? Where is my energy? What are my true feelings? What's up with me today? How am I really doing? Number three, what are my options to move forward? What can I do? Do I need to reach out to someone? Do I need to see a therapist? Do I need to hire a coach? Do I need to speak with a mentor? Do I need to reach out to a friend? Be sure that the friend isn't doing the things on the list we discussed because they're just going to keep you stuck too. Ask yourself, what do I need to move forward? What are my options and how can I let go of this behavior or thought? I hope all of these things gave you different things to think about and different things to consider so you could begin setting yourself up for success rather than failure. In our next episode, it's going to be an Ask Amber Anything episode. We're going to be focusing on toxic work environments, and I can't wait to see you there. Thank you so much for tuning in, and I will see you in the next episode. Hey friend, before you leave, please head on over to iTunes Podcast and search for Heal Your Burnout. Go ahead and hit that subscribe button, give us a five-star review, and help us spread the word about our show. I would love to connect with you on social media. My Instagram handle is at Amber underscore Connelly underscore. And until next time, I'm sending you so much love and light, and I can't wait to keep moving forward with you.